Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. The Ford F-150 truck drives smart design forward. The standard 12-inch productivity screen helps you get what you need done too. And the available pro-access tailgate improves access to bed and cargo and utilization of the bed, including when towing a trailer. Together with a wider bumper step, it's easier to access the bed and load in tight spaces. An available Pro Power onboard serves as a mobile power source, providing up to 7.2 kilowatts of power to charge a bed full of electric dirt bikes or run an entire job site worth of tools. I'm still driving my 2016 F-150 truck and 90,000 miles in. As long as I keep it clean, it honestly still looks brand new. I've taken it down snow-covered forest service roads, taken it out camping, put a ton of miles on it on the freeway, had five adults in the cabin for long trips, and it's been great everywhere. Super dependable. I still love the way it looks, nice and rugged design, but with a super comfortable interior. And I'm still very happy with the quality sound system and heated seats. And since I bought my 2016 F-150 truck, the list of standard amenities that make a truck feel like a luxury vehicle have only grown. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. What does it mean to be transgender? And why have people been so fired up about it for the past few years? From the hit Amazon show Transparent to the great North Carolina public restroom debate to Bruce Jenner becoming Caitlyn Jenner to stunning female Canadian country singer Jade Maya who was born a boy but transitioned to a girl at 12 to just last week actor Brian Michael Smith who stars on, the, on Oprah Winfrey's critically acclaimed drama Queen Sugar. He just came out as transgender. There is a lot of news about the issue. But I think very little understanding. I know that I myself was extremely misinformed and frankly pretty judgmental about something I really didn't know shit about as recently as just a few months ago. So let's dig in. Let's look at some opinions. Look at some science. Let's talk to one of our very own time suckers who happens to be transgender. And let's get sucked on the most open-minded and I think possibly the most important time suck yet. You're listening to Time Suck. <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. I'm Dan Cummins. Thanks for listening once again to The Suck. Uh, if you haven't already, check out Friday's Vlad the Impaler Dracula bonus episode. I'm pretty happy. Pretty happy with uh, how that one came out. Uh, thanks for all the iTunes reviews, new subscriptions, new recommendations for others to listen. Uh, this show grows because of you. Uh, I read them. I read. check out those reviews from time to time. And man, so flattering. It really helps the show. Makes me feel great. Makes me look great. Uh, makes me work even harder to make The Suck uh, a little better each week. Love it. Uh, thanks to you suckheads who uh, hit the Amazon button too at timesuckpodcast.com. Do your Amazon shopping. Free way to donate to the show. You just click the link, shop how you normally would shop, and then the show has helped out a ton at no extra charge to you. And uh, and a huge thanks to uh, Time Suckers for going above and beyond this week to support the show by stopping by the shop at timesuckpodcast.com, buying some signed books, those Daddy Bear uh, Three Rabbits Meet the Real World books, uh, some some Don't Wake the Bear CDs that are signed, uh, and all three generations of the Time Suck t-shirt. Uh, you know, which are made out of, you know, unicorn scrotums and koala anuses and chinchilla labias, a little bit of gerbil tears, just, you know, just soft shit, make them that much more cushy and comfy. And, uh, but it does make me happy to know that, uh, that you care that much. Still need stickers. 
Got to get those made. Still going to get those made. Putting in a hat order this week. Actually, two hats working on with Anduin, the logo designer for weeks. Uh, very happy with how those have come together. And we've all, we have almost every size of each shirt in stock right now, by the way. And also special thanks to uh, Erica, our guest today, for, for recommending today's topic and then also uh, for, for doing an interview. First one uh, done on the show. <laughs> she actually did two interviews. I'll explain that later. Uh, first, uh, before we dive into the rest of the show, let's get into uh, this week's Time Sucker Updates. First update this week is from Jessica Sharp. She's the time sucker who ignited the great pussy debate of time suck that uh, occurred over the last few episodes uh, when she wrote in about uh, me saying pussy. And uh, she, she sent me another great email. I skipped portions here and there just to kind of limit it to that topic. But, uh, but she says, Dear Master Sucker, uh, thanks for reading my email on the show. Wow. <laughs> I did not expect my email to blow up into such a debate. Uh, I'm sure you got some really interesting comments. Uh, I did. Um, honestly, didn't even notice the the dick move comment I made uh, and how that would be considered offensive, and I guess I could have chosen my words better. To me, calling someone a dick means they're a hyper-masculine, rude person who uses words like pussy to remind people that he thinks women are inferior. Now, I didn't mean to say that I think you believe that. I just wanted you to see why words can be hurtful. As for people that got there or that got on there, don't tell me what not to say so box. I feel I should point out that I wasn't just correcting some random guy in the street who said the word pussy. Uh, I was giving feedback to a person in entertainment uh, and the media industry who asked for people to write in with their constructive criticism. That is an excellent point and one that I didn't think of and one that wasn't brought up. Uh, this is a place where feedback is encouraged and your feedback matters. And I feel like I, I learn and grow because of feedback. I've never liked the person who just doesn't want to hear any feedback. It's like, no, I fucking know everything. I got it all figured out, okay? That's just, that's not realistic. Um, and, and, and actually, today's episode is based on some more feedback I got, feedback that also helped me grow as a person. So love that you pointed that out. Uh, and, and then Jessica says, I assume that someone asking for feedback is okay with me explaining why something they said was offensive to me, which I was totally okay with, and could potentially be offensive to other viewers. I appreciate you voicing different opinions on your podcast. It really is a great way to show how diverse your audience is. There is nothing wrong with an intellectual debate as long as people can remain civil and not devolve into screaming at each other, no, you're wrong. I listen to Time Suck, uh, not only for your hilarious commentary, but also because I feel like I'm part of a community that is willing to learn new things and to change beliefs and opinions if we are presented with new and conflicting information. And to that, I say, fuck yes. Uh-huh. That is exactly what Time Suck is about. God damn it. That's what it's about. Where we, It's a place where we can all agree, disagree, take other viewpoints into consideration, uh, and then just get the fuck over it you know, when you don't agree with those viewpoints. And, uh, and then she finishes with, I can see where people might get upset or offended by what I said, but my opinions are just as valid as theirs. As long as we can all remember that, I think we'll be fine. Anyways, keep on sucking. Well, you know what, Jeff? I will keep on sucking. You fucking keep on sucking too. Uh, and we, we are all going to be fine. We're all going to be fine if we can, just like you said, just remember that, you know, everybody's opinion is valid. Hear it out. You don't have to agree with it. You can be annoyed by it, whatever, but at least hear it. Uh, also Mark rebel and several time suckers about last, uh, uh, had some comments about last week's idiot to the internet, uh, section where, um, there was this jackass in that I talked about in the comment section of a Vlad the Impaler video who said kike. And I thought that was a racial slur for Germans. Uh, the racial slur for Germans is, or one of them is a uh, kraut. I, I don't know if there's, I don't know how many there are. <laughs> Maybe that is the, that is the, the only one for all I know. Uh, kike is an offensive term for Jewish people. So, uh, yeah, I guess there's just too many racial slurs for me to keep track of. So the idiot I, I was making fun of was actually anti-Semitic, uh, not anti-German. So, you know, I, I appreciate that because uh, that, uh, that is a big difference. So thanks, thanks for brushing me up 
on my, on my racial epithets. Um, also because I love cool movies, I wanted to share this update. Time sucker Eric Radiker, who also manages the, uh, time suck, uh, shop, uh, he, he sends me messages kind of here and there, not too many, but, uh, I was checking what he does and he sent me an, uh, a link recently to uh, a new movie in the works about the topic of the 18th episode of time suck Charles Manson. I love a uh, really good movie. Just saw one, by the way, uh, just saw literally a few hours ago. I saw baby driver. There's a lot of hype about that. And you know what? Fucking lived up to it. God damn it. That was a good movie. And I also see the preview for it. Holy shit, does that look scary? Uh, a lot of you know that I'm scared of clowns already. Fuck, that movie looks intense. I'm going to see it because I, I, like, I like scaring the shit out of myself from time to time. But got it. But there's, anyway, The Hollywood Reporter just reported a few days ago uh, that Quentin Tarantino has written a script for a movie based on the infamous Manson family murders, the Sharon Tate murders. Uh, and he's, get, he's set to direct the untitled, uh, as of yet, project. Uh, frequent Tarantino producers, Harvey and Bob Weinstein, are attached. And apparently Tarantino is currently finishing up the script. Jennifer Lawrence, Brad Pitt have already been approached. They are not attached. Um, but, you know, how exciting is that? Tarantino and some A-list talent, whether it's, you know, Lawrence and Brad Pitt, it's going to be some fucking good actors. This could be a very entertaining movie. Uh, you know, if they're just getting in the works now, it's probably not going to come out until you know, late next year at the earliest. But, man, I would love to see Tarantino's take on a young Charles Manson. That'd be fucking great. So thanks for sending in those updates uh, via the contact form at timesuckpodcast.com. Uh, you can also just email me directly uh, if you want uh, to send in, you know, feedback or send in some topics at uh, bojangles at timesuckpodcast.com. Got the, got the bojangles handle, and I'm loving it. Now let's get into today's topic. Thanks, time suckers. I needed that. We all did. Okay, I'm going to kick this off by not even trying to hide the fact that today's topic is a little bit personal uh, for me. Some of the topics, you know, I've sucked so far, like the Dark Web, Mandela Effect, Bonnie and Clyde. You know, that was stuff I, I either hadn't heard of before at all uh, before I started Time Suck, or I'd heard of but not really ever thought that much about. This one's different. Today is different. Uh, I've thought about gender norms and sexual preferences, you know, in various ways, you know, pr pretty much for my, my whole life, going back to, you know, slightly before puberty. And, and you probably have too. You know, you probably, we all have our various ideas of what we expect to be quote unquote normal. And when you hit puberty and begin to sexualize, those, you know, norms are, are transported into the sexual sphere. You know, what is, what is normal to be attracted to? What is okay to be attracted to? What kind of girls can I find sexy? What kind of boys am I only allowed to find boys or girls sexy? You know, what, what dudes are cool? Are dudes who like women or all dudes? Are gay dudes cool? Are they weak? Are they strong? What is wrong with them? Is there something wrong with them? Can it be fixed? Should it be fixed? Does it need to be fixed? Why does that person not look like a man? Why do they not look like a woman? What does androgyny mean? What's wrong with them? What's right with them? You know, why doesn't that woman have long hair? Why does she have leg hair or armpit hair? Why doesn't she wear a dress? Why doesn't she have a boyfriend or a husband? Why does that girl dress like a boy and only want to play with boys? Why is she into sports more than other boys? Why doesn't she ever have a crush on any of the boys? Why do you not like me and kick my ass constantly in both track and basketball, Becky? That last one was a real girl I went to school with. Uh, well, we all experience a variety of questions, and we all look to those around us for answers, and we start to shape our worldview as kids. And, uh, and I don't believe, you know, obviously this probably just, you know, doesn't even need to be said, but I'll say it anyway, that, you know, no one's born racist. No one's born xenophobic. It's all learned behavior. No one's born homophobic. You know, it's a choice. And when I was growing up, you know, I learned and I chose to be homophobic. I learned and I chose to be somewhat racist. I learned and, and chose to be xenophobic, you know, culturally scared. And, and now I teach my kids those same things, you know, because I fucking like it. I encourage my kids to be as racist and as homophobic as possible at all times. White power. Wait, what? 
I was totally fucking kidding on the last one. Can you imagine how betra- can you imagine how betrayed you'd feel if you've been listening to what you thought was an exploration of knowledge, of tolerance, of laughing and learning and evolving together, and then the whole time it was really just a sick ploy by me to get you to become a white supremacist? How fucking super weird. Since how weird would that be? Since I can tell by uh, Instagram accounts and emails that a very large portion of my audience is not white. But you know what? Hey, if Tila Tequila can be a Vietnamese white supremacist, fucking so can you, all right? But seriously, growing up in an extremely white, extremely uh, openly straight little backwoods Idaho town, you know, I definitely had some backwoods beliefs growing up. Uh, I was never racist or homophobic in some big public way, never running around yelling racial or other kind of horrible slurs, but I, I definitely thought, you know, and privately shared and joked around in mean-spirited ways about a lot of shitty things over the years. And then regarding, you know, each and every prejudice I've had, you know, later in life, uh, experience would change my opinion and prove me wrong. You know, growing up, I remember being very homophobic for a while, stereotypically straight male homophobic. You know, the thought of two women together was fine. Uh, That was uh, more than fine. That was actually uh, fantastic. It was porn. It was fantasy. Never bothered me at all. But the thought of two men grossed me out, repulsed me, but kind of also made me scared somehow. You know, like, could I do that? What would the world think of me if I did that? Why are they fucking doing that? You know, well, I never found out because at the end of the day, I've never been sexually interested in dudes. You know, I can I can openly admire the attractiveness of a, of another man more than some of my male friends seem to be comfortable with. You know, but uh, but I still have no interest in, in just grabbing that dude's hard dick. Uh, but I was fascinated. That was weird. That I had to add hard. I wouldn't like like as if I'm just grabbing soft dicks left and right. Nah, just not interested in grabbing any kind of dicks. Uh, but I was fascinated growing up with knowing that that some guys were into that. Like, why? Why did they want to have sex with other dudes? Why would they let someone put a dick in their mouth? Why would they let someone put a dick in their ass? Like it simultaneously grossed me out and just like fascinated me. And I was surrounded by a lot of people who believed that these gay men weren't born that way. That was another kind of thing I was uh, raised around culturally. I, I, I was raised to think that everybody was born straight. You know, everyone was born to be straight, just like me, but they chose uh, uh, some other kind of life for a variety of deviant reasons. Yeah, so that got into my head at a young age. You know, I believed that uh, homosexuals were just either just plain sick in the head or they wanted to piss off their family, or they had chosen some devilish path of decadence that started with homosexuality, but would surely lead eventually to bestiality and pedophilia if it didn't already. You know, and, and for whatever reason, I just accepted these ideas. Didn't do any research, didn't think deeply upon them, just, you know, just thought anything other than being straight was fucked up, as did everyone around me. And, and yes, I know today's episode is about transsexuals, not homosexuality, uh, but I didn't know about transsexuality as a kid. You know, and I think the story I'm telling now, I'm about to get into, uh, does relate to the message of tolerance that, uh, that I'm hoping to spread with this episode. So also growing up, you know, I, I had an uncle uh, who was gay, uh, but it wasn't really talked about in the family. Uh, he wasn't close to my dad. He's my dad's brother. Uh, wasn't really spoken much about the other uncles I had who would come into contact with them, you know, uh, didn't really keep in that much touch with them. It was like one brother he kind of kept in touch with mostly. But my uncle Paul, he did actually live with us when I was about five years old. I uh, lived with my with my dad and, and me and my mom and, and and my sister and another uncle of mine, Uncle John. We all we all lived together shortly before my parents got divorced. And Paul was so young then, maybe nineteen or twenty, maybe twenty one. Uh, and I remember he was uh, way more into fashion than my dad or Uncle John. I could I could see that at five. He was really into music, like really into like new wave and all that stuff. And he had fancy hairdos all the time. His hair was always dyed or highlighted. Uh, you know, he had earrings. Uh, he dyed you know my hair for Halloween. Dressed me up like a little David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust kind of look. Uh, I didn't even know what gay was then. Uh, I'm not sure he'd actually officially came out to his brothers by that point, but I'm sure they knew. Like, you know, he was like uh, what I would say is obviously gay. Like some people, you're like, oh, I didn't know they were gay. And some people are like, well, of course. I would have been absolutely shocked if they'd have been like, no, they're straight. 
But anyway, uh, my parents divorced. I moved back, uh, moved with my mom uh, from Anchorage, Alaska, where we'd been a few years. Moved back to Riggins, Idaho. I was about seven. And I only saw my Uncle Paul one time after that, maybe three, four years later. And, and, and I moved, you know, and I was living in a town where no one appeared to be gay at all. So I really wasn't around the culture. And then my dad was living just outside of Sedona, Arizona. A few years later, one summer, uh, my sister and I were staying with him for a few months. My Uncle Paul came to visit along with uh, his mom, my grandma Carol. And I remember then thinking, you know, that he just seemed cool. You know, he was different. He smoked. He wore cool fucking cowboy boots. He had a fuck it kind of attitude. He was sassy, sarcastic. And, he, and, he, and I also realized, like, he was the black sheep of the family. Uh, there was something different about him. And again, I just didn't know what it was. And then I learned years later that, you know, Paul was raised as a Pentecostal preacher's son, and he was gay. And that's a rough combo to be dealt in life, you know, because because he was gay, his parents would never, ever accept him for who he was. Like, really think about that, ever, to be never accepted by your parents for who you are. My grandma believed that all homosexuals were abominations in the eyes of God and would face the fires of hell, the flames of a hell, (laughs) eternal hell, when they passed through, you know, on from this earth. And she believed that shit until she died. And so Paul, you know, uh, you know, he hid his lifestyle. He lived in shame. He was ostracized by his family. No one really kept in that close of touch with him. Uh, and then he also kind of fell into the Coke party scene of the 80s, a scene that I'm sure accepted him a million times more than his own family did, and he became an addict. Not that, you know, it was totally their fault that he became an addict. A lot of that's his choices. But again, you know, when you, when you need somebody to accept you, which we all do, and no one around you is doing it, it's going to increase the odds that you're going to fall into some fucking bad groups. And, and instead of asking, you know, he didn't ask a family member for help or, or his family once he became an addict, you know, because he don't want to explain, I'm sure, who he was and because and, they were uh, ashamed of their gay son, ashamed of their gay brother, you know, and Paul just kind of did whatever it took to get the money for the drugs he needed, and that ended up being prostitution. And he ended up living in San Francisco, walking the streets, from what I, what I understand, is a gay prostitute, and he got AIDS. And he got AIDS when a lot of people in this country still died of AIDS. And, uh, you know, this is the early 90s, and my Uncle Paul did die of AIDS. He died in a San Francisco hospital bed, uh, a man of about, you know, almost six feet tall, reduced to, uh, to a skeleton of far less than 100 pounds. And, and my dad, who hadn't seen him in, in years, visited him on his literal deathbed. His mom, uh, you know, my grandma Carol, visited him as well. And she almost got thrown out of the hospital for trying to force Paul to renounce who he was on his deathbed, begged him to say he wasn't gay. You know, say that he accepted Jesus so that he wouldn't burn in hell. His mom rejected him right up until the very end, and he died in that hospital bed, uh, never once accepted uh, by his own mother. And uh, and that and the experience changed my dad. Like, you know, he'd always been, I'd say, a little casually homophobic. Not like aggressively homophobic, but he also, you know, didn't let me get my, my ear pierced uh, until I was 16. And then I had to wait until I was, uh, I think, 18 to get both ears pierced. Uh, because, you know, in his mind that, that meant that I guess I, I was gay or that maybe that it would help, help make me gay or something. Like he, he did also say later that he, that if I was gay, he would still love me. So again, not aggressively homophobic, but also, you know, uh, weird to think that, you know, letting your son get their ears pierced is going to make him gay. And then also, you know, not let him do that, which clearly is conveying a message of, you know, you don't want them to be gay. So, you know, f- definitely a little homophobic, you know, like, like most dads were in the early nineties. That is, that is such funny logic. You know, if you really think about it, as if letting a boy, a straight boy, get both of his ears pierced would just somehow directly lead to homosexuality. Like, what are you, what, hey, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm just hanging out with my girlfriend, fooling around at her house while her parents are at work. Nice, nice. Well, uh, what are you doing tomorrow? Um, I'm gonna get my ears pierced. I'm gonna get both my ears pierced tomorrow. Oh, that's sweet. It's awesome. It's awesome, dude. Uh, what are you gonna do that the day after that? Uh, probably just you know find as many dicks as I can, shove them in my mouth. Uh, you know, because I'll have my ears pierced. So you know, I guess that's what's gonna happen. Just, just ridiculous nonsense. Anyway, um, after my uncle Paul dies, my dad and I bury him uh, in the cemetery in Riggins, Idaho, 
bury uh, his ashes in the same plot of land as his grandma. No headstone, no funeral. Uh, probably looking back, I doubt we even asked the cemetery if we could do this. Uh, just my dad, uh, a brother he barely knew the last 10 years of his life, and me and nephew he really didn't know at all. Just, you know, digging a little hole, uh, my my great-grandma's grave, and putting his ashes in there. And, uh, and I still get emotional sometimes when I think about that. Just the pure, utter fucking sadness of that. Like, the saddest fucking funeral. Not even someone you, you fucking were close to spreading your ashes around. Just how a- alone uh, he was when he died, you know? And this is a, this is a, a human who was... Somebody's kid, you know, he, he, my dad's brother, he was a teenager. He was a, you know, he was a man who was rejected his whole fucking life all because he was attracted to other men instead of women. And if you're listening and you're homophobic, uh, okay, you know, that you, you choose to be whatever you want. Uh, but if you're listening in private and not in front of your bros or your peers who might judge you for being a little more open-minded than usual, please just, just take a second and really think about how fucking silly that is to reject someone as a family member, as a friend, because, because what? Because they like dick instead of vagina like wh- why do some of us worry so much about that worry about it like it's a disease that's contagious like we'll be you know some some vagina loving dude one second and then after spending one minute too many with a gay cousin just find ourselves in a back alley with just a, a line of dicks waiting for our mouths it's just such nonsense if you really really think about it uh you know because why does someone else's private sexual life matter so much uh i, I could point the, the finger at religious fundamentalism but i but i think the issue is much deeper than that i think there's plenty of atheists who are homophobic too you know and and i think part of it is because we, we become so reductionary in our thoughts when it comes to homosexuality we think of straight friends in complex ways they're funny hardworking, you know good parents bad parents athletic not athletic etc but but when we think of someone who's gay a lot of us primarily it's just like that's all we think about they're just thrown in they're like they're just gay sexuality is some, somehow only their their only dominant trait i don't know i don't know why that is i feel like you know character should matter matter so much more you know because what a waste to not be someone's friend to not be a, a good brother or sister or father or mother to someone just because they prefer something different in the bedroom i don't know so anyway uh after even after burying my uncle i still uh, in my life allowed myself to be homophobic you know maybe i just i don't know rationalized feeling sad or something in this sense of thinking that maybe he deserved it you know like that's what you get that's when you get when you choose to be gay. I remember taking that thought to college, actually. Uh, a friend told me that his, that his aunt was gay and that she and her partner uh, went to the same church he did, and it like it annoyed me. And I, I was going to church at this time, and I asked him, I said, like, why, why would they even bother? Like, they're gay. They're going to burn in hell anyway. Like, I really thought that. And, and of course we argued, because that's a fucking dick thing to say to somebody. But I didn't just say it. I, I believed it. As if I had some direct pipeline to God and human morality. You know, like I fucking knew exactly where everyone was heading. You know, like a fair amount of 19-year-olds. I was a cocky little fuck. But then uh, when I when I was in college, you know, also a little bit later after that, I, I came across a, a song, uh, of all things, that that changed my life forever. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it. It's just, darling, I know I'm just another head on your pillow. If only just tonight, girl. Let me hear you lie just a little. Tell me I'm the only man that you ever really loved. Dun, dun, real love. Real love. Okay, that never happened. And I know that went on too long. That was a little real love by the one, the only, the white-haired Jedi of soul, the bard of time, a Grammy winner, platinum recording artist, Michael motherfucking McDonald. True story, uh, my dog Penny started growling at me. 
and she almost never growls when I practice singing that song, and I still sang it horribly. It's tough rhythm for some reason. But <laughs> so, you know, you're not the only one who hates getting McDonald. Uh, my dog also cannot stand it when I do that. She was trying to take a nap, and then she just started growling, like very much a growl of like, Dad, just shut shut the fuck up. Why are you doing that? Anyway, uh, that, never, that didn't happen. That's not what changed me. What really happened that did change my opinions was that I met a super cool fellow student who happened to be gay. A gay student who I became great friends with, and he told me about how he'd just recently come out of the closet. He was so in the closet. He had a girlfriend for the last two years of high school. I asked him why he did that if he was truly gay. Like, why would you ever do that if you really were gay? And he said because he didn't want to be gay. He was afraid, just like my Uncle Paul, that if he came out, his family and friends wouldn't accept him, that he'd be rejected. So he tried to force himself to like women, even though the thought of a vagina was as repulsive to him as the thought of someone else's dick is to a straight man. Uh, he felt guilty for leading a girl on, you know, a girl he did love platonically, you know. He'd make excuses as to why he wouldn't sleep with her. And then finally, you know, he couldn't live with this, this line anymore. And he, and, he, and he came out. And, of course, you know, she was not supportive. Uh, she hated him and probably does to this day. And you can definitely see her side of that. Uh, but then, you know, he did make a bunch of new friends, found a new community where he could be himself, and also found out that his family still loved him. So it worked out for him in that way. But he also discovered some new kinds of hate. You know, I remember there were some kids at Gonzaga. I remember talking to him the night after this happened. Some kids uh, that didn't like who he was now. And uh, and I guess one night, you know, he's in his dorm room. And all of a sudden, like a basically a drunken mob. Uh, two in the morning came around his room and starts, you know, screaming queer and screaming faggot and like pounding on his door. And, and stuff that, you know, really, really scared him to the point that he almost transferred. He was, he was terrified. And I understood why he was scared. Because this all happened around the time that the Matthew uh, Shepard incident happened. Where, I don't know if you remember that, but Matthew Shepard was beaten, tortured, pistol whipped, left to die of severe head injuries, which he, where he did die. Uh, he died tied to a fence by some homophobic uh, rednecks. He was tied out to a fence outside of Laramie, Wyoming in 1998. And apparently they initially just wanted to rob him, but flew into a rage when uh, he supposedly hit on one of them and then they found out he was gay. And then, uh, you know, after really kind of being around all this, I just, it finally sunk in. Like, I finally realized how fucking stupid it was to hate someone so much for something that has nothing to do with you. You know, it was like I really woke up from the silliness of my feelings, you know, on this issue for the first time. And I went on to have more gay friends, you know, without fail. They always told me that they knew on some level who they really were from a very young age. It wasn't, as I was taught, a choice to want to be gay, which is something that they, they felt it's very strongly that they were born with. And I, I believe believe that as well now. Like, you know, why, why would someone choose to, to invite extra ridicule into their life? The ridicule, you know, being homosexual or transsexual has historically entailed. And then I studied psychology, ended up getting a degree in psychology, studied sexuality uh, academically, and came to believe that being born gay was no different than being born straight or white or male or female or black or Asian or what the fuck ever. You know, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to live our lives, trying to find love, happiness, value, respect, some common ground with our family. And uh, and then gradually, as I traveled the world, you know, a bit doing some stand-up, I, I let go of some other ignorant, ignorant prejudices I had about sexual orientation, about race, you know, ignorant fears of different cultures. I still think some uh, cultural aspects of some cultures, like racism or misogyny, are fucked up and ignorant, but, but I'm much more tolerant, uh, and I'm a much more tolerant version of myself than I was 20 or 10 or even five years ago. And then, after all that, after all this uh, uh, evolving, the transgender debate comes around, and I go right back to my old ways. When I first heard about the whole transgender thing, my initial thought was, being totally honest, just what the fuck? This is too much. This is too much. I understand being born straight or gay or black or white, as being born as a man or woman, whatever, but now you think we're born the wrong gender? Now, now you want to involve a surgeon? Now you're cutting off your dick? This is fucking crazy. This is mental illness. What next? 
You know, people are going to say that they were born a man, but they should have been a golden retriever. And we're going to start, you know, getting species reassignment surgeons. I remember thinking all these, all these thoughts, you know, Bruce Jenner came out as Caitlin and that actually made me mad as if he, as if he personally did something to me, you know, as if it affected my life in some real way, which it didn't. And I was thinking stuff like, you know, uh, I have no problem with either one of my kids being gay. I don't care at all. But then I remember thinking that if my son wants to be a girl or my daughter wants to be a dude, I was like, no, fuck that. It's too much. It's too weird. I'm not cool with that. And then uh, something woke me up uh, once more. Uh, I came across uh, Michael McDonald's 1991 hit, uh, I'm Just Fucking With You. How annoyed were you just for a second there when you thought I was going to sing another Mike, another Michael McDonald song? No, what happened was I read an email uh, from a time sucker. I'm not going to read uh, you know, her full name, uh, uh, but her first name is Erica. And uh, she wants me, you know, she's to respect her privacy. I understand uh, why. But uh, I just got an email from, from Erica, and who we're going to talk to here soon. And the subject line asked, why is, oh, and he dressed in women's clothing, a tagline for psychos? And here's what the email said. It said, hey, Master Sucker, starting off, please don't read this letter on Time Suck unless you really feel like opening the can of worms that is transgender topics to an audience that may or may not be hostile to it. Well, you know what? I fucking trust you guys. So I'm reading it. Uh, and we're doing this topic. I wouldn't want you losing viewers because of apparent, the apparently inherently political nature of my existence. I'm transgender. I am a woman. I have to struggle to get that to get the world to accept that sometimes, but nonetheless, it's who I am. I honestly have no problem with the way you mentioned cross-dressing or possible trans people on your podcast. It's always an account given by another source, and it comes up naturally in the list of other quote-unquote, odd things people do. But every time I hear another tagline halfway through a description of a person with questionable mental health and it's mentioned that they like to dress in women's clothing, it pisses me off at the general attitude of the world because it comes up in every other podcast. Marilyn Monroe episode, The Kennedy Brother, Caligula, Half the Serial Killers, and I'm sure I'm forgetting others. You dig into weird topics and I live a weird life and this is a funky intersection of the two. From your point of view, why the hell is cross-dressing a tagline for crazy people? Those people all had sex and probably explored different sexual experiences too. I don't think that's any weirder. It's all exploration of gender. I'm writing this at 1.30 a.m. and you can feel free to ignore this email. Naturally, I have no power over the mighty sucker. <laughs> oh, sorry, over the master sucker. But it's been the only thing bugging me about the topics uh, you cover since I started listening. I've listened to every podcast and I love the show. And then she signs off her name followed by AKA that transgender person the media says everyone should be scared of. And then I realized that I was scared of transgender as well, right? I was scared of the debate, and I suddenly felt like a fucking old fool. Uh, you know, like, I'm like, why am I threatened in any way by someone else's gender identity? Why does that matter to me? And we started emailing back and forth, and then I decided that the issue of being transgender was one I had to explore. I had to educate myself, and, you know, and hopefully educate others. And I told uh, Erica, my new friend, uh, that I was going to do this episode, but I wanted to wait a bit. Hope the listenership will continue to grow. Uh, hope I could get the show, the show into some more ear, ear holes. And listenership has grown. And I really hope a lot of Time Suckers listen to this episode. And, and I also decided to do my first ever interview on Time Suck by interviewing, you know, who else but Erica, a Time Sucker. Just, it just felt right. And I also took her suggestion to read a book to get my head around what it means to be transgender, a book called Gender Outlaws, The Next Generation by Kate Bernstein and S. Bear Bergman. And it's fantastic. Uh, before I, uh, I call Erica today, I, I want to explain as best I can kind of what it means to, to be transgender and dispel some myths because I, I didn't know. Merriam-Webster defines transgender as of, relating to, or being a person whose gender identity differs from the sex of the person – differs from the sex the person had or was identified as having at birth. 
uh, of relating to or being a person whose gender identity is opposite the sex the person had or was identified as having a birth. Transsexual. Transsexual is defined by Merriam-Webster as of relating to or being a person whose gender gender identity is opposite the sex the person had or was identified as having birth uh, at birth as well. Uh, Note, transsexual people may or may not undergo surgery and hormone therapy to obtain a physical appearance typical of the gender they identify as. Now, Bojangles defines transgender and transsexual as whatever he chooses to do behind closed doors with his three legs, one eye, and huge pit bull dick, and it's none of your goddamn business. And if you want to call him tranny or any other slur, good luck saying it to his fucking face, because Bojangles is rumored to have slept with hundreds of pit bulls, most of whom are thought to have been female, hundreds of human women, a list that includes Marilyn Monroe, Greta Garbo, Jenna Jameson, Lindsay Lohan, Oprah Winfrey, Selena Gomez, all of the Dixie Chicks. He's also rumored to have slept with several male grizzly bears, uh, more as a display of power and a test of his ability to submit any creature to his will than anything overtly sexual. He's also slept with at least two human males, Chuck Norris and Michael Motherfucker, <laughs> Michael Motherfucker McDonald, for reasons he doesn't want to get into. But seriously... Uh, both transsexual and transgender are relatively new terms. Uh, transgender's first known usage occurred in 1974. Transsexual's first known usage occurred in 1957. And, uh, you know, and, and really thinking about these terms, I think what always threw me off about like, and I'm just going to focus on transgender as the one word, is I wanted it to be like one thing. That's why I, I really didn't understand what the hell it was about for so long. Because I'm like, wait, is it a dude who wears dresses? Is that what transgender is? And then I would hear like, you know, especially talking to Erica, like, yes. Okay, well, is it a, is it a guy who now has uh, surgery and now has uh, a vagina instead of a penis? Yes. Okay. Well, wait, is it a guy who has like breasts from hormones but also still has a penis? Yes. And I was like, wait, how can it all be all these things? Well, it's it's just a spectrum. So if you're born, you know, straight male, when I, I, I never mind, let me take it back. If you're born male but you identify in any way with wanting to be all over part of a different gender, whether it means like wanting to be able to, you know, cross-dress here and there publicly or want to get a surgery and become biologically a woman or want to always wear women's clothing and be be taken in the public eye as a woman but not have the surgery. And, and, and actually a lot of other nuances, it's all the spectrum of transgender. So that's what it is. And while I'm sure I heard those terms, you know, uh, uh, before at some point in my life, uh, I definitely heard the term tranny. Never totally understood what that meant either. Uh, I don't remember ever really thinking about what it meant to be transgender uh, on any level into, until 2014. And that's when Amazon came out with the critically acclaimed comedy drama series Transparent, uh, starring the incredibly uh, talented Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, he's a hilarious dad from Arrest Development. And uh, he stars his father who comes out to his grown children that he is transgender. And I'd have more to say about it, but sadly, I, I haven't watched the show yet. Not because it doesn't sound good. There's just too many other good shows out there. Because I keep forgetting, honestly, that Amazon has original programming. I keep forgetting that Amazon is a thing I can watch, even though I personally have a program on Amazon now. I have a special called Don't Wake the Bear. And I forget that I only am like, oh, yeah, I could even watch my own thing. Not that I would watch that, but you know what I mean. Uh, So uh, I haven't seen the show, uh, but it did get me me to start thinking about what it means to be transgender. And then in 2015, uh, the issue of being transgender became one of the hottest topics in the country uh, that April. Uh, everyone was talking about it when Caitlyn Jenner came out to the world. In an April 2020 interview with Diane Sawyer, Bruce Jenner, the 1976 Olympic decathlon gold medalist, the 1976 AP Male Athlete of the Year, 1980 inductee into the U.S. Track and Field Hall of Fame, the man who appeared on the cover of Sports Illustrated, Playgirl, and a box of Wheaties, announced to the world at 66 years old that he was now going to be referred to as Caitlyn Jenner. 
And then Caitlin posed for the July uh, 2015 cover of Vanity Fair. And then the E! Channel began airing eight hour-long episodes of a new series called I Am Kate. And I wanted to fucking throw up. Because I thought, is there fucking nothing the Kardashians won't do for attention? Jesus, what, like, ratings got low for their little, you know, bullshit, we're famous because we're famous media empire, and so they convinced Bruce to cut his dick off? Now, (laughs) at the time, Caitlyn had not undergone gender reassignment surgery, so she, she didn't actually cut her dick off for fame. Um, uh, she, she, she does now no longer have a penis. She has gone under, uh, gender reassignment surgery and from reading various articles, it doesn't appear like she did this for attention, which would be so fucked up. Like, like, can you imagine if you were that desperate to be famous that when your reality shows ratings got low, even though you were a straight dude who loved your dick, you decided to cut it off, have facial reconstruction surgery, get, get breast implants, have hormone therapy just to stay in the public eye. Oh my god! And anyway, apparently Caitlyn had wanted to go public for many years, going back to when she, you know uh, she was Bruce, and Bruce was a famous athlete, but was just afraid of the public backlash uh, because you know uh, he was a male sports icon. So I don't know. Uh, and then in 2016, the the transgender discussion and debate heated up even more with the the great North Carolina bathroom debate. And that's when I really started really talking about it with other people. And this is when the uh, transgender people were, were allowed to go number one, uh, if, you, if you recall, but not number two in North Carolina's public restrooms. That's what that whole debate was about. Uh, they were allowed to pee but not poop in, uh, in various bathrooms. No, that's not what that was about. How weird and interesting would it be, though, if that's what, what it was about? Like how fun would it be to watch lawmakers be okay, like just discussing, just to watch them discuss this, like they're okay with transgender people using whichever – you know, bathroom they, they identify with gender-wise. Uh, but by God, they're not going to be taking a shit in those bathrooms. You know, just watch them on the, on the, <laughs> on the Senate floor. Yes, yeah, Senator Dick Richardson, you have the floor. Uh, thank you, Senator Richard Pickle Tickler. Uh, I, I, I don't know about all of you, but I'm not about to stand by and allow people born as men, uh, people born to have pale, hairy buttocks, people born to, to take great big full-pound beef and cheese burrito-sized shits and then allow them... To clog the toilets of our great state's lady rooms. No, sir. No, sir. Let, let them piss on the occasional seat. Let them wash their man hands in the ladies' sinks. But there will be no defecating. There will be no Cleveland steamers dropped in Charlotte's sweet lady stalls or my name isn't Richard Pickle Tickler. Now, now what happened, uh, what actually happened was uh, some legislation was passed. North Carolina passed House Bill 2, the Public Facilities Privacy and Security Act, in early 2016, instituting a statewide policy that bans individuals from using public bathrooms that do not correspond to their biological sex. Now, then in response to this, the NBA decided to take away Charlotte's bid to hold the NBA All-Star Game in 2017. And then just a few months ago, the NBA allowed Charlotte to host the 2019 NBA All-Star Game when North Carolina partially repealed the bill uh, just this past spring. That's when Governor Roy Cooper signed the measure into law, saying for over a year now, House Bill 2 has been a dark cloud hanging over our great state. It has stained our reputation. It has discriminated against our people, and it has caused great economic harm in many of our communities. Cooper said the new law is not perfect. Uh, it's not my preferred solution. And then he said that uh, he wanted a law that added protections for LGBTQ, which stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual, and queer North Carolinians, uh, but said that there wasn't, wasn't enough Republican support uh, to get that passed through the legislature. And then fierce criticism remains uh, from the, about the repeal from LGBTQ groups, which say the new bill, which eliminates rules about who can use which restroom but retains other features, 
such as still allowing for discrimination against transgender people because the repeal effectively maintained a key feature of HB2 by leaving regulation of bathroom access solely in control of the legislature. It prevents local governments until December 20, uh, 2020 from passing or amending their own non-discrimination ordinances relating to private employment and public accommodation. So basically, until at least 2020, North Carolina bathrooms still can discriminate uh, against transgender people by not allowing them to use the bathroom that they associate with and identify with. So why is it a big deal to allow transgenders to use the bathroom of the gender they've chosen to identify with? Uh, well, if you were transgender and, and you are identifying, uh, just to see one side of it, and you're identifying uh, as a woman and you believe, that, yes, you were not biologically born a woman, but you are a woman, that is who you feel in the depths of your soul that you are, and then now society is telling you you don't get to use the woman's bathroom, I can see and hopefully you can see how that would be offensive if that's what you believe. Now, the belief against it, the main argument I've heard is that opening up the bathroom and locker rooms to transgender users will open up a flood of basically male sex fiends into women's bathrooms. Like there's just – there's all these dudes that have just been waiting for this opportunity. Like all of a sudden, dudes of all shapes and sizes are just going to be hanging out in women's bathrooms and locker rooms just, you know, taking pictures of women's pissing and jerking off in the stalls and raping women in the locker room just left and right. Uh, I, I really do remember hearing the most insane arguments made about all this. Now, full disclosure, when all this was coming out in the news last year, I still couldn't wrap my head around why anyone would want to even get a sex change, and I did think it seemed crazy. And uh, and I, I But I did. Also, I never thought bathroom and locker usage would lead to more sex crimes. And here's why. Because, uh, first off, it's not like anyone uh, was considering allowing dudes to start jerking off in women's restrooms or to start taking photos there. Like, that would still be illegal. And, and people who are willing to do that, they're not just going to wait for a bathroom opportunity. They're just going to try and do it anyway. Like they're not – basically like – like like. so what is the argument, right, that it's going to lead to all these new crimes? You know, it, it doesn't make any sense because that supposes that there's already a bunch of people out there waiting to, you know, taking decent pictures or waiting to rape or waiting to molest. But they're not doing that currently uh, because they don't have access to the bathrooms or, or the locker room. Like that's the one fucking thing that's been holding them back. You know, just easy access to bathrooms and locker rooms is the only thing keeping them from raping and just fingering the fuck out of everyone they can get their hands on. That's idiotic, you know? And, and especially, like, uh, think about women's bathrooms. There's no urinals, so it's not like some pervert dude is going to see anything anyway, you know? And no one's going to see him in his stall flapping his dick around. And if they do, they would just call the police. He would just be arrested. So, so where is the harm? And, and finally, there's just zero statistical evidence to back up any claims that allowing transgender bathroom access is going to lead to sex uh, crimes happening in these bathrooms. I, I actually Googled, does transgender bathroom access lead to rape? Because, you know, why not? Over the course of this podcast, uh, my Google search history has become just completely and totally fucked. And I came across a May 2016 article in Time magazine that really broke it down. And it said, amongst other things, it said, New York City has banned discrimination based on gender identity for more than a decade in its bathrooms. California has affirmed the rights of K-12 students to use the bathrooms and locker rooms they align with their, identity, gen with their gender identity for years. Advocates say that while there are some past examples of heterosexual men dressing up like women to gain access to women's spaces, there's no record of that behavior increasing when there's LGBT non-discrimination laws in the books. So you see, see what I'm saying? It's like these dudes were doing it anyway. You know, some dude who really wants to get in the women's bathroom or locker room, he's, he's just going to dress up like a woman and just fucking sneak in there. It's no law. He doesn't, he's not, he's not, he's not waiting for it to be legal on some level. <laughs> you know, that's what he needs. 
Uh, and, and then they said in this thing, we have so many places that do prohibit discrimination where this has never come up, says the Equality Federation's Rebecca Isaacs. This is a red herring. So this is just nonsense. Uh, police and school officials say they haven't seen it either. Media Matters, a liberal media watchdog, has asked state leaders, law enforcement, and school officials in places where – with these protections, whether they've seen any increase in sexual assault or rape after passing these laws. And they repeatedly have said they haven't. Uh, we have not seen that, a Des Moines Police Department spokesman told the outlet in 2014. I doubt that's going to encourage the behavior. If the behavior's there, sexual predators are going to believe as they're going to, or, or excuse me, are going to behave as they're going to behave no matter what the laws are, which is exactly what I said. If there's a fucking molester or rapist, he, he's going to sneak in the bathroom whether it's legal or not. It's Making it legal isn't going to open up the floodgates. Uh, the nation's leading organization dedicated to stopping violence against women, the National Task Force to End Sexual and Domestic Violence, signed a letter uh, saying that the argument is a myth, uh, saying these initiatives utilize and perpetuate the myth that protecting transgender people's access to restrooms and locker rooms endangers the safety or privacy of others. As rape crisis centers, shelters, and other service providers who work each and every day to meet the needs of all survivors and reduce sexual assault and domestic violence throughout society, we speak from experience and expertise when we state that these claims are false. So there you go. It's a myth. Whether or not you want to uh, believe it's a myth, it is a myth. A myth that gets tossed around in political circles as if it's fact, like people like Bill O'Reilly, who said in May 2016, if you have a young daughter, you should be accepting of the fact that a transgendered boy could shower next to her after an athletic uh, exposition. That is insane. And millions of people, you know, people like myself, hear, you know, would hear something like that and think, wait, that is fucking insane. Uh, side note, I've, al- I've always hated Bill O'Reilly. So while I may have agreed in some moments with some of his thoughts <laughs> that I'm embarrassed by now, uh, never liked that guy. Guy has no sense of humor about himself. Always comes across to me like a condescending or condescending hate-mongering bully. But anyway, is it insane? Is, is letting a transgender boy who identifies as a girl shower with your daughter any more insane than allowing her to shower with other girls? some of whom statistically will later identify as lesbian. Is it any more insane to let a girl who identifies as a boy shower with your son as it is to let your boy shower around other boys, some of whom statistically will grow up and identify as gay? All right, so let's take this to the adult level. We don't want men going into women's bathrooms because of what? Uh, Some sexual fear? Well, lesbian women are already using women's bathrooms, right? So there already uh, exists uh, an atmosphere of sexuality in these bathrooms. It's already there, you know? And there are also already humans uh, attracted to dudes, uh, men attracted to dudes using the men's bathrooms, you know? Why are we suddenly afraid uh, some something sexual is going to happen in, the, in a place, again, that is already filled with potential sexuality? Uh, to use a personal example, uh, my college roommate came out of the closet after we were roommates for a year, and uh, I changed in front of him numerous times. And you know what? Nothing happened, never once. When I was bent over grabbing some clean boxers, Did he just run over and just start fucking me or, you know, sucking on me? Now, he's a real prude that way. No, but but seriously, you know, uh, we're already around this stuff. So let's stop kidding ourselves. We're not adding further danger by by giving transgender uh, people bathroom access. Okay. So uh, before I introduce my guest, which we are going to get to here very soon, let's dig into some other myths. Uh, one, uh, is there a link between, and, and again, sometimes I, I use homosexuality in this because there just isn't the data on, on transgender, but I think people make the same arguments about both transgender and, and homosexuals. So is there a link between homosexuality and pedophilia? Uh, well, gay people have often been portrayed as a threat to kids back in 1977 when Anita Bryant campaigned successfully to repeal a Dade County, Florida ordinance, 
prohibiting anti-gay discrimination, she named her organization Save Our Children. And she warned that a particularly deviant-minded gay teacher could sexually molest children. That's what she was saying. And people are like, yeah, no, that sounds right. Well, in recent years, anti-gay activists have routinely asserted that gay people are child molesters as well. Uh, this argument was made in, in debates about the Boy Scout of America's policy to exclude gay scouts and scoutmasters. Uh, more recently, in the wake of Republican Mark Foley's resignation from the U.S. House of Representatives in 2006, anti-gay activists and their supporters seized on the scandal to revive this claim. Uh, it's also been raised in connection with scandals about the Catholic Church's attempts uh, to cover up the abuse of young males by priests. Indeed, uh, the, the Vatican's early response to the 2002 revelations of widespread church cover-ups of sexual abuse by priests was to declare that you know gay men shouldn't be ordained. You know, that's why these kids are being molested, because they, they had gay priests. Because, you know, gay priests are just pedophiles. Uh, not, again, nonsense. And in, in a 1970 national survey, more than 70% of respondents agreed with the assertion that homosexuals are dangerous as teachers or youth leaders because they try to get sexually involved with children. Uh, well, researchers uh, recently reviewed... Uh, just a couple years, in the last couple of years, uh, they reviewed 352 medical charts representing all of the sexually abused children seen in the emergency room or child abuse clinic of a Denver children's hospital during a one-year period. And uh, the molester was gay or lesbian, a gay or lesbian adult, in fewer than 1% of the cases in which an adult molester could be identified. Uh, in another approach to studying adult sexual attraction to children, some Canadian researchers observed how homosexual and heterosexual adult men responded to slides of males and females of various ages. You know, child, pubescent, mature adults. All of the research subjects were first screened to ensure that they preferred physically mature sexual partners. In some of the slides shown to subjects, the model was clothed. In others, he or she was nude. The slides were accompanied by audio recordings. The recordings paired with the nude models uh, described an imaginary sexual interaction between the model and the subject. The recordings paired with the pictures of clothed models described the model engaged in neutral activities like swimming. Uh, to measure sexual arousal, changes in the subject's penis volume were monitored uh, while they watched the slides and listened to the audio tapes. So while the researchers found that homosexual males responded no more to male children than heterosexual males responded to female children. So, you know, in each of these studies, uh, they fail to support the hypothesis that homosexual males are more likely than heterosexual males to molest kids or to be sexually attracted to kids or adolescents as opposed to adults. So again, there you fucking have it. Zero link. Zero link between sexual preference with gender and a tendency to be a sexual predator. And I bring this stuff up again to rebuff the sexual deviancy, slippery slope type arguments, which I have heard. You know, well, if you start letting them do that... Then it's going to lead to fucking this, and pretty soon some kids are going to be fucked. Well, now it turns out that uh, they're not. They're not going to be fucked any more than they're already being fucked by straight predators. Uh, you know, transgender and or homosexuality is not some gateway to, like, NAMBLA or some shit. Uh, which, by the way, uh, is the North American Man-Boy Love Association. I don't even fucking understand how that's a real thing. It's a pedophile advocacy group whose members, in my opinion, need to be rounded up and, and then dropped on a deserted island with no way to survive other than resorting to cannibalism. And uh, they can eat each other off the fucking planet. Anyway, on to bestiality. Is there a link between pedophile, uh, or excuse me, homosexuality and, and bestiality? And, I, and again, I know this sounds outrageous, but I bring it up because numerous people I have heard tried to make this link over the years. Well, if you're going to fucking let men have sex with men, what's, ne what, what's next? You're going to let a man marry a man? What are you going to fucking let him marry his dog next? Fuck his dog? Uh, no, there's no link. 2016 presidential candidate Ben Carson, he tried to link homosexuality to both NAMBLA and bestiality in various rhetoric he made along the campaign trail. I mean, this is just, this is very recent, and, and there's zero evidence. 
that homosexuals or transgenders want to fuck animals any more than straight people do. And the argument of legalizing gay marriage leading to the legalization of bestiality is embarrassing. Any lawmaker trying to link those two should be forbidden from being allowed to be in politics of any kind ever again. Because homosexual marriage uh, still involves consenting adults. It's still a consensual agreement. Trans transgender marriage is, is consenting adults. Consent is impossible <laughs> with an animal that doesn't speak uh, any human language. They can't consent. End of argument. Next myth. Uh, another myth is that gay parents create gay kids. And this I've heard a lot. You know, like the gay people shouldn't be allowed to adopt because they're going to they're, they're gonna just turn their kids gay. And it, again, it's nonsense, you know? Uh, like uh, like some kid who would otherwise be straight, who was born straight, would just be turned gay by his upbringing. And, and according to the Southern Poverty Law Center and the American Psychological Association, no scientifically sound study has ever definitively linked sexual orientation or identity with parental role modeling or childhood sexual abuse, which leads us to another myth that, you know, homosexuals were just molested. That's, that's why they became gay, because they got, they, got, they got diddled, and it, and it made them gay somehow. Uh, again, <laughs> again, nonsense. The American Psychiatric Association, or excuse me, yeah, the American Psychiatric Association noted in a 2000 fact sheet uh, available on the Association of Gay and Lesbian Psychiatrists that dealing with gay, lesbian, and bisexual issues that sexual abuse does not appear to be any more prevalent among children who grow up and identify as gay lesbian or bisexual than in children who grew up and identify as heterosexual. So there you go. There's just no studies that back up any of these crazy claims. Uh, and then another, another thought is that tran being transgender is, is a mental illness. Well, uh, that's changing. In 2017, just this year, Denmark became the first nation in the world to officially remove transgender from a list of recognized mental illnesses. Also, the American Psychology Association's uh, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of, of Mental Disorders, the DSM, its Bible for Diagnosing Mental Illnesses, removed gender identity disorder from its list of mental disorders with the fifth when the fifth edition was published in 2013. Uh, it declassified uh, homosexuality, by the way, as a mental disorder in 1973. So, you know, the, the, the thoughts are changing on this. As, as the evidence and studies are being done, more and more people uh, are realizing that it's not actually mental, uh, a mental illness. Um, I've also heard a lot of chatter regarding, like, well, why is all this happening now? You know, if, if, if these conditions are not mental disorders and they've been around, why haven't we been talking about them for the last few hundred years? Like, why is this coming to our attention right now all of a sudden? You know, because there's definitely that argument of like, well, it's because, you know, you allowed this to happen and now this has happened and fucking you wait, you see where it's going to go next. Like we're just creating all of this. Uh, well, I have a simple answer for why it hasn't happened before uh, in this way, and it's fear. Society didn't allow these things to be discussed openly previously. Uh, there were more severe repercussions than exist today. I mean, there's still, you know, an atmosphere of violence uh, around some of these issues. People are still murdered over them, but not on a scale th that it used to happen. You know, laws and codes prohibiting homosexual practices were, were enforced in Europe from the 4th to the 20th centuries. Muslim countries uh, had similar laws uh, in the beginning, with the beginnings of Islam in the 7th century up to and including the present day, you know, where openly homosexual people were often killed, uh, were often hanged or burned at the stake for being heretics. You know, during the Middle Ages, the Kingdom of France and the city of Florence, you know, instated the death penalty for homosexuality. And one of many examples in Florence, some young boy named Giovanni de Giovanni, same first and last name, uh, interesting, uh, was castrated and burned between the thighs with a red-hot iron by court under this law. That sounds like some Vlad the Impaler shit. Uh, punishments continued, continued into the Renaissance, spread to, to Switzerland other places. Some knight, Richard von Hohenberg, died in 1482 when he was burned at the stake together with his, 
with his lover, his young squire uh, in France, so French writer Jacques uh, Chasson, who was burned alive for attempting to seduce the son of a nobleman. Fucking burned alive. Jesus. And on and on and on. Those are just a few, few of many, 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 many examples. In England, the Buggery Act of 1534 made sodomy and bestiality punishable by death. The act was replaced in 1828, but sodomy uh, remained punishable by death under the new act until 1861, and people were still executed for sodomy uh, as recently as 1835. Uh, In much of the Middle East, consensual sex between two adults of the same sex is still not only a crime, but also still punishable by death. Uh, It's still punishable by death in the countries of Qatar, Yemen, Brunei, Iran. Altogether, 72 countries in the world still criminalize consensual sexual acts between adults of the same gender. And obviously, gay and transgender people uh, are still being killed today uh, for being gay uh, or transgender in a lot of other countries, just not, you know, necessarily legally. You know, it hasn't been that long since Matthew Shepard. Think about the uh, Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. That happened just over a year ago when 49 people were killed in the deadliest mass shooting uh, in modern U.S. history. All right. So almost to the interview part of this episode, I promise. But before we talk to a wonderful time sucker uh, who happens to be transgender, I wondered... How many people in the U.S. are also transgender? Well, UCLA's Williams Institute estimates that there are 1.4 million Americans who are transgender, translating to 0.6% or 0.6% of the overall population. In the study, 80% of participants were transgender women, those who had been assigned the male sex at birth but identify as female. Uh, The participants reported becoming aware they were transgender at a mean age of five years old. Which kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, like uh, the gay friends I had made where they always, you know, would tell me when I when it came up that they knew at an early age who they were. Uh, more than three quarters of participants, 76% reported experiencing social rejection related to their feelings about gender, most commonly by family members. And nearly two-thirds said they had been a victim of violence related to their gender identity. Two-thirds. Uh, a separate 2012 study found that 57% of transgender youth who did not have supportive parents attempted to commit suicide in the past year, while just 4% of transgender youth were with very supportive parents did. And this last study leads me to a message uh, written in by a time sucker named Taylor who wrote in, uh, correcting me also on the kike slash kraut error earlier in the, in the updates. And uh, Taylor said, I'm a really conservative uh, person and a huge fan of the podcast, but if you don't at least ask the question about the high rates of suicide in the transgender community, it's going to come across as a liberal circle jerk. If you don't know, there are two groups with similar suicide rates as transgenders, uh, Jewish people living in Nazi Germany and the clinically insane. So unless they're being treated as horribly as Jews were by Hitler, there may be something wrong, which is no big deal to me, but it has to be addressed for any real discussion. Thanks for all that you do. Well, thank you, Taylor. Uh, I do uh, appreciate you writing in. I appreciate it very much. And I know I'm kind of sneaking another time sucker update, but it's important. Uh, Well, I did think about like, you know, is it a mental illness? And I've definitely had that thought before. Uh, According to a new study published Tuesday in the journal of the Lancet Psychiatry, social rejection and violence that many transgender people experience appears to be the primary source of their mental distress as opposed to the distress being solely the result of being transgender. That distinction matters because it has implications for how transgender people are treated in healthcare as well as how they are viewed in society. So do you hear what I'm saying? Basically, it's not the mental illness uh, that's leading transgender people to attempt or commit suicide. It's not like, you know, uh, identifying as transgender also means you're just inherently going to want to kill yourself. What's, what makes you you want to kill yourself is an extremely high rate of family and societal rejection. 
you know, and, and to use the, 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 the Jewish thing that was brought up, while there isn't the same level of intolerance towards transgenders that there was towards Jewish people in Hitler's Germany, uh, we are at the end of the day herd animals. And if you grew up feeling like there was no herd that you could ever that, that would ever accept you and your own families rejected you, you're going to feel suicidal. And, and, and there's a big, also a big difference between being Jewish in Hitler's Germany and being transgender today. While the Nazis wanted to and did execute many Jewish people, obviously, we all know that. Unless you're a Holocaust denier, then you're on a level of fucking idiocy uh, comparable to flat earth believers. Um, the Jewish people still had each other while they were persecuted. Small consolation when you're fucking being killed and you're living on hell on earth, but, but psychologically important nonetheless. But imagine being uh, some transgender kid in some little town, maybe a little town like Riggins where I grew up. A town where there is no local LGBTQ, T, yeah, LGBTQ community <laughs> Jesus, uh, at all. A town where your family doesn't want to hear it. The rest of the town mocks you or worse if you come out as you are. That's just such a different level of being despised and ridiculed that I can't even really uh, imagine. You know, and, that, and that's obviously, I think, going to be enough to make you want to kill yourself. Like if you're literally no one in your entire fucking community wants anything to do with you at all. That's why I think the suicide risk is there. Okay, so now that I've thrown out a lot of info, uh, let's get personal. Let's talk to our guests about one person's experience of living in the U.S. right now while identifying as being transgender. Okay, okay. Oh, man. Uh, I, I am talking with Erica, our guest, and we've actually been talking for about 40 minutes but because I'm a moron, uh, I didn't hit the record button twice, and so we just did a, a, an extended warm-up where we got to know each other. <laughs> Erica, I am so sorry for that. Thank you for, for not only uh, agreeing to, to be on the show, but for agreeing to continue talking uh, after we've already been talking. And you are, you are how old? I am 27 years old. Okay, 27 years old, and I know that, again, we just talked about this, but you... It's okay, you, you can call me young again. <laughs> you're very young. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You are very, very young. Uh, and uh, and you um, did not publicly identify, uh, with, you know, as, as being transgender until, did it was it 21, you said? Uh, yes, I was... I was 21 years old before I allowed myself to begin to transition. Wow. Yeah, that's right. And, and then, and but you said that you knew uh, from a very early age that you didn't that's feel something. comfortable with your biological gender, and that and that your mom also uh, knew from when you were a young age that uh, she didn't know. I guess probably what it was, but that there was something different. Yeah. Um, you know, even from when I was when I was ten or younger. Um, yeah. I resent the fact that I had to cut my hair. I would resent the fact that I had right. to wear very specific clothes. I, I would always be upset when I was told to go play with certain groups of kids, not okay. even like just go play with the boys, but that I wasn't encouraged to go play with people I felt comfortable with, which most right. often were girls. <laughs> but okay. So you were not allowed to be and, and then we talked about that before where, uh, when so you're you're I don't know twenty years old, twenty one I guess but you meet somebody online that mm -hmm. led to your you know public identification and I think this is really cool you met them as you said in like a, you also do fiction writing you met them in a not on some dating site online but in a in a writing forum. Yep, I've actually both of my significant others who have lasted for okay. a while. Yeah, I met 
on unexpected ways. So the the first was a writing role play forum. So, you know, people would pick a character and then you'd construct a novel style story. Together. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then uh, my wife, who I'm currently married to, um, she had posted a poem on Craigslist. A poem? Yeah. Okay. Like not, not a, a singles ad. Right, a right, right. Okay, okay. And I was just like, hey, want to talk for three years about this? And that's what happened. So no wait was that in the post that was on the Craigslist ad was do you want to talk about this poem for three years no no, no that was my basic response oh to her. Like, okay that makes that makes more sense I thought I'm like this sounds in a little a little different where somebody just puts a poem and they're like hey who wants to t- who wants to talk for three years about my poem and you're like you're like uh, I do I want to yeah. talk <laughs> yes. okay. I want to be your internet stalker right, right. Uh, okay yeah, so, so so you met somebody and you met your first a significant relationship. You met, uh, Nevada. Correct. Right. Moved to Nevada to be with her. And, um, and in the process of getting to know her and, you know, exploring our relationship, right. Uh, little things would come up that she would ask why I was so scared of them because right. for the first 20 years of my life, I was, I had built an identity for myself and that identity did not allow any compassion or acceptance for breaking gender norms. Right, because you said yeah. previously that you actually were like aggressively opposed to the oh, yeah. idea of like, transgender. I like, thought they were disgusting. Yeah, I didn't go out and do anything about it, but I was right. one of those douchebags who's kind of like, oh, gross. Like, why can't you dress the way that I want women to dress? Right, right. <laughs> so you weren't you weren't you weren't wearing like a bros before hose t-shirt, but you had the inner thoughts of yes. of okay, okay. I had the inner demons of right. something douchebag white. <laughs> right, um, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. But so, so so you're in this relationship with somebody and I think this is important to note too, just uh, I don't forget details from before, uh, mm-hmm. who was bisexual. Now, Correct. but I forgot to ask earlier, did you know when you go to Nevada, are, are you guys living together or just kind of taking trips to see each other? We had lived, we, when I moved to Nevada, we lived close to each other. Okay. Like, so, so you live, okay. I picked an apartment so that I could see her often. Okay. So you moved to Nevada for this person, uh, for her and, and, and well, live. I was, I was moving away from a firearms manufacturing facility where every little thing that I did that wasn't hyper-masculine got all my coworkers talking about me. Interesting. Oh, wait. So we didn't – that's great. We didn't talk about that before. You mentioned before that you'd worked at a firearms manufacturing facility, but this is is before you transitioned, Mm -hmm. and this is – and you're saying that they did pick up on like, wait a minute, why isn't, you know, so-and-so doing this? Why are they saying that? And you felt out of place. Because even though I was pretty transmisogynistic, you know, I, right. I, I had these cruel thoughts about trans people. Um, at the same time, I still identified as female, even if I was fighting it with all my strength. Okay. So there's certain things that a person that identifies as female will be more prone to do. You know, having more sympathy for women in hypothetical situations Right. Uh, reading stories or watching movies that have female leads more often. It's little things like that that in a, in a rural conservative area can make everyone else be like, hey, why? Why right. do you care that the news is publishing this story about some skank? And I'm like, oh my but God. She's not a skank? Like, and that's enough. That's all it took that's for the so news. F- like, 
Oh, God. I'm having flashbacks. I'm having flashbacks of my own youth right now where it's like, I wish it wasn't this way. And I'm sure in some places it isn't. And there's obviously people who live in small towns who are incredibly open-minded. I know them. It's not all, and not all conservative people think these thoughts at all. I know plenty of conservatives who are very great with uh, social issues and blah, blah, blah. But there at least used to be, and I'm guessing probably still is a huge element of that where I remember those terms. I remember cringing at those terms when I was growing up of like, fucking slut got what you deserved. Fucking skank. It's like, God, as you get older, I'm like, that is so horrific that yeah. those that those thoughts are around. And, and again, I'm, I'm sure there was probably more div- diversity even in that gun manufacturing thing, but I'm picturing the worst. I'm picturing like you're working with a group of dudes who watch Jodie Foster and The Accused and they're like, fuck yeah, there we go. Like just oh, yeah. monsters. And and there's there's even – so one thing that I picked up on really young that always bothered me. Okay. Um, and, you know, growing up pretending to be a guy in high school. Yeah. Rape jokes. Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like every time it came up, internally I'd be like, what the fuck? Like what? Right. how are you so pure evil right. one second to make that joke yeah. and then completely bypass it the next second? But right. then, you know, I grew up in a not-so-conservative area, so my reaction was just, oh, this person is more sensitive whatever that was their reaction then. right right and okay. there is the kind of person that's like shock value jokes there's that kind of person who just wants to say outlandish shit but then there also definitely is the person who's like joking quote unquote but tr- yeah. but trying to fish for that social approval of like it's fucking it's cool right guys <laughs> yeah and there's there's also so you're a comedian and i've watched a lot or listened to a lot of your comedy okay i've listened to a lot of different comedians sure and this included back when I had anti-transgender sentiments. Okay. I would listen to and watch comedians that at the time resonated with me. Right. Comedians that would make those types of jokes. Oh, right. And then you heard slow stroke and you're like, this guy's fucking gross. <laughs> no comment, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know what you're saying. Yes. You're finding yourself trying to reinforce the thoughts you're trying to have. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's a huge difference when when I went from in denial to embracing who I was and being like, hey, I would rather not, you know, bury yeah. myself in misery and commit suicide eventually. I would rather transition and live a happy life. Right, uh, right. And we did talk and, about that before, which I don't want to like not uh, say, you know, now that we're recording about <laughs> how, you know, you referenced, you know, like you get to this point where it's like I have to make the transition or I'm going to die. And, yeah. and and how that is such a common thing. And I did mention earlier on this podcast about like the stats, you know, that back that up where, you know, suicide rates are extremely high for the transgender community. And I believe, and I'm, I'm just guessing that, that you would probably agree where there's, there's just such little support, which is what we touched on earlier, where it's like when somebody, you know, comes out as transgender, if they live in a small town and their family's not behind them, they're literally alone, especially before the internet, you yeah. know, it's like now, thank God, there are at least, like you talked about, like there's, there's, you know, forums and things where you can find other people, which also, even that is probably hard, but God, mm-hmm. but without that, I just can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that feeling of total, being completely and totally ostracized from your entire community. Yeah. How and alone I, you that must feel. I think most, not most, there are a lot of transgender people that have suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And there's – out of the transgender people I know personally, 
a good amount of them had that breaking point where they, okay. And it's the breaking point that I had, which is, you know, I finally went and saw a therapist after years right. of telling myself therapists are dumb, you know, yeah, that, I've that gone back and forth with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and after finally seeing a therapist, after going to them for like eight months, they tell me, Hey, have you thought about why you have X fetish? Right. You know, whatever fetish it was. Okay. And, and I'm like, well, uh, I like the idea of, of smoothness. Okay. You know, okay. Really okay. Good. Yeah. And my therapist is just like, do you like it because of the idea of there not being genitalia? And that was ah. my moment where I was like, wow, I've been burying that, haven't I? Yeah. Like, I've literally been turning for 20 years. Well, not 20 years, but, you know, the yeah. 10 years plus. Um, right. I have been burying wanting to be female. Right. And in you, a fetish. Yeah. Yeah. So that I could avoid it. And do you think you buried it? And do you think that, uh, I know you can't speak behalf on an, of an entire community, but do you think that the reason a lot of transgender people get to the point of considering suicide because of fear of not being accepted for who you are, like, like a very deep fear for the world basically rejecting who you want to be and who you are? So that was part of it. The, the knowledge that <laughs> growing up, the only people, to be fair, Growing up as a little white boy, okay, the only times I ever heard of transgender people right. were jokes, okay, and like, and and not positive jokes, not the the well, yeah. Mm-hmm. For for an example, like there's a lot of media that I'll enjoy for a while, and then I'll reach a joke that for them was just a throwaway. Sure, but for me, I can't watch it anymore. I grew up surrounded by that same type of of environment where transgender people were a joke, were disgusting, um, were generally weird. Um, And I'm not made of stone. That same stuff seeped in. Sure. It contributed to my self-hatred for a long time. Oh, sure. And when when it got to the point where I was realizing I can't avoid the fact that I am female. Right. I can no longer keep playing this role. And when it came to that breaking point, there were two things that made it very hard to keep going. One of it was this deep-seated feeling of, I am wrong. Okay. I messed up, broken, and sick. And that's hard to break down. You know, it took another two years of seeing a therapist every week for me to get to the point where I could openly tell people I'm transgender. Right. Without prefacing it with, hey, do you want to be my friend for like a year so that I can make sure you'll like me after I say this? Yeah, yeah, because you internalized all, all society's things. continual viewpoint on that. Yeah, and then the second half of that that push towards ending it was the knowledge that I was about to go down a path some people don't survive. Right. You know, some transgender people get to, you know, they, they, they do everything right they transition, they keep themselves mentally and physically healthy, yeah. they have a support network, and then they get shot. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, yeah. Like, I, and when when I was first messaging you about this possibly being a, an episode, right. um, as a writer, something I like to do is think of, like, what's my, what is the reason I'm doing whatever I'm doing? You know, yeah. what is my motivation? And my motivation for coming on this podcast 
it's not to convince all your listeners that transgender people are great. Okay. There are going to be people out there who listen to me and they're like, wow, this guy that thinks he, that he's sure, a chick sure, really sure. fine, whatever. My purpose for coming on to the podcast is to spread enough information to convince people, hey, it would be really great if you stopped condoning us being murdered. Like, wow. that would be progress for me. Anything wow, beyond yeah. that is fucking gravy, you know? Wow, yeah, yeah. God, that's intense. That's intense. Like, I can't imagine... Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine living in, in, in that kind of fear where it's like, yeah, anybody could be randomly murdered, but to live having that specific target where... And, and again, going back to, like, the fear of just dick some people have, uh, yeah. you know, where it's like, what an insane thing to be so enraged by what somebody else is doing in the privacy of their own bedroom, like, like that you would want to murder them. Like, like it would be one thing, uh, on an anger level. If, if allowing people to be transgender meant they got to kick in your door and wake you up in the middle of the night and fuck in your bedroom. And, and the you know, of the night, I think is the worst part of all that. <laughs> the like, like that's, that's where it makes it really evil is that they get to wake you up in the middle of the night. Right, if it was right. midday, it would be fine. If, it's one <laughs> thing. It's one thing it was midday, but if, if they have a friend hold you down and then another friend peel your eyes open and force you to watch them fuck in your own bedroom, just, I, I, then I would get some level of like, why? One of the big goals in being transgender is passive. You know, we want to pass. I, if, if I walk past you on the street, you will yeah. not know I'm transgender. Right, right. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. Passing as the gender that you identify as is very important to a lot of us. But the fact that transgender people can pass yeah. leads to this mental headspace of like, they're everywhere. Anyone I sleep with could have genitalia I'm not comfortable Right. On anyone that I meet on the street, you know, and, and that goes into the turf trans exclusionary radical feminists. They strongly believe any trans woman is a man trying to infiltrate their woman only spaces. Right. Right. And this this attitude of us being infiltrators and deceivers and, you know, trying uh, to to trick people. Yeah. is so scary because. Like, I don't like dick. Right. To be fair, you know, men, you're fine. You can do whatever you want with yours. <laughs> right, right. But I'm getting rid of mine. I right. don't like dick at all. Don't need more of them. Um, like, yeah, so, you, you don't want to wake up to, to a dick in your bedroom. Exactly. Right, right. But to me, if I went out on a date with somebody right. that appears attractive to me and in all yeah. senses uh, seems to be what I think they are, which is already an assumption. Yeah. And they say, I'm a trans woman. Right. My next step isn't, oh God, run away. My next step is, I'd like to still try to get to know you. I'm not sure if I feel comfortable having sex with you. Sure, sure. let's keep going. You know, there's this attitude of because male and female are so heavily coded you know a man is expected to be dominant forceful and in charge a man is expected to want sex right be doing whatever they're doing with a member of the opposite sex to get sex right so when a man goes on a date with a woman the assumption at that point is he wants to have sex with her right yeah 
So then if she turns out to be a trans woman, right. The, the thing isn't, Oh, this relationship needs to develop further to see if we're comfortable with this. The immediate thing is, Oh, I wanted to fuck a man. Oh, right, right, right. And this weird homophobic thought that because I couldn't tell that this person who looked absolutely 100% like a, a woman, a very attractive woman who I would normally be totally into because they happen to, to have a dick, that must mean I'm gay. And then it's this person's fault that they're making me be gay. And then there's because they tricked, they tricked me. And then there's rage. God, I hadn't thought I hadn't broken it down like that mentally, but you're, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. I have to wrap up here in, in a, in a few minutes, but I did want to ask, I never found it before earlier. Does your family know now, like your mom, mm-hmm. uh, that you are, uh, have, have identified as, as, as female? Yeah. So how, how's uh, your family, how did your family take that and how are they with it now? So, I, about a year before I came out uh, and and told them, my dad revealed to the family that he was gay. Okay. And that uh, back when my mom and dad had got married, the whole support network they had, the church, the family, everybody was just like, pretend you aren't. Have kids, it'll all work out. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So your dad early on came out to certain people in his church and said, I think I might be gay. And they were like, no, 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 no. Just, uh, that's just and some thoughts you're mom. having. And, and to your mom. mom. Yeah. And everybody so was I, like, no, I, I, you're just thinking some silly thoughts. Tough it out. Yep. Wow. And so he suffered through that for 40 years. 40 years? Yeah, and three kids. God, are you, are you, are you, are you and your dad like very close now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. How, how is he but, doing? How is he doing, by the way, with his with, in his new life? He's doing better. He's very he's very private because in in the past he was kind of forced to be both the man and the woman in the family. He okay. was forced to take all the stereotypically manly roles, and he had to care for the kids. Interesting. Okay. So he now it's like, hey, he's kind of you know the friend of us kids. Okay. Okay. So, so we don't load him down with the burden of being, you know, dad necessarily, but we respect him and care for him like our dad. Yeah. 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 Uh, I got it. Okay. But so he had come out as gay mm-hmm. and right after that, uh, I had told him something to the, to the tune of, I think something's up with me. Mm-hmm. And that was before I had really figured it out with my therapist. So when I finally figured it out, uh, I, that day I sent my mom a text saying, Hey, is Erica a nice name? If I was to be a girl. <laughs> right, okay. That's how you, yeah. 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 So, you know, maybe not the most, uh, most thoughtful way to reveal it, right? but yeah, she, she liked the name. So that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> and you and your mom, how are you two doing now? We're kind of distant. My my mom had a lot of troubles when we were growing up, um, a lot of health issues and mental health issues. And so you're not distant because of transgender. No. Okay. 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 So separate. I separate. got extraordinarily lucky. Okay. You know, I I have a huge stack of privilege. I have a family that accepts me. I'm uh, yeah. I'm white. You know, uh, non-white transgender people have a huge rate of rejection and abuse and suicide because wow. the world treats them unfairly, no matter 
why. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've got a fairly well-paying job. My boss knows that I'm trans and supports me. I get to work from home, so I don't have to worry about dressing up every day. Right. You know, I've got all these privileges lined up for me, so I'm in a pretty good place. Yeah, yeah. And, and what would you like, if you could have people, I don't know, just change one one way of thinking they have about transgender or if you could get them to think about one aspect or pose one question to them, like, you know, what would that be? Because being transgender is so tied into our thoughts of gender, mm-hmm. I think as a society, we have to question our relationship with gender first before uh, you know, as much as being transgender is extremely important to me. Right. I believe, like, if our issues with race and our issues with gender were resolved, I believe a lot less trans people would die. Yeah. So I can't, I can't yeah. do much about race. But when right. it comes to gender, I believe that everyone should evaluate their own relationship with their gender. Yeah, that is excellent stuff to think about. And, um, and thank you so much for doing this, for giving you time to a really important subject that I think it's time for, you know, just a lot of people to think about. And, uh, and thanks for continuing, uh, yeah, to listen to the show too. And, uh, and, and two quick little things. Uh, one, what do you, what do you think about Bojangles? How do you, what's your feeling about Bojangles? I passionately want Bojangles in this episode at any cost. Okay. Okay. Great. People are mixed on Bojangles. So that's... (laughs) So that's good. He's very polarizing, Bojangles. I, like, if if I could write a short novella on Bojangles' oh, please adventures do. time. Please like, do. To be fair, I'd completely alienate half your listeners because I'd totally make him a trans man. Well, you know, Bojangles, because... he changes. He's been around a long time, back from the days of Atlantis, you know. He, he's, he's a, myth, like he's a mythic character. He's like Doctor Who, but with more teeth. There we go. And less, well, I guess he still has more legs, actually, because he still has three. <laughs> so he still has one more leg. And then, and then the last thing, how, how bad am I at impersonating Michael McDonald? I feel like yeah. I put a lot of heart into it, but I feel like the voice isn't there, is my critique of myself. Dan, as much as I value honesty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... I don't want to destroy you as okay. a person. Okay. Okay. So we can skip so that. You're amazing. You're okay. Okay. Good. Michael Thank McDonald's. you. Because my because my because my dog strongly disagrees. My puppy Penny, for the first time ever, growled at me as I was working out some new Michael McDonald lyrics. Literally, yeah. from across the room, growled at me like, "Dad, shut the fuck up. Enough that's is enough." Like, that's some intense foreshadowing. <laughs> right. Like, I, I'm just imagining like like you die in the middle of a Michael McDonald's lyric and you're just like, I knew it. My dog was right. <laughs> That's what she was trying to warn me. And, and like, if, if some of your list, if you want to pass on questions to me, like from some of your oh, listeners, I'm yeah. game for that. Cause it, to me, a lot of it is you don't know when you see a transgender person a lot of the time, okay. or if you, if you do, it's a transgender person who is worn down by the grief of the got world. It, got it. It's okay. A, okay trying not to break yeah you know yeah so since i've got all the privilege and i've got some time okay i will do that we'll talk after the show 
and yeah. email what, and, and you'll just uh, we'll figure out what email you're comfortable with me passing along. And absolutely, anybody listening, you, you got a question about it, and you want to, or you got a question about this episode specifically for Erica, I'll put I'll put you guys in touch. That'd be great. Oh, uh, thank you so much. Not a problem. It was lots of fun, and uh, I. I hope the rest of the episode is lots of fun to listen to because I haven't heard it yet. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, it's coming. It's coming tomorrow. It's gonna. It's gonna come quick. So I, I hope you do enjoy it. Thank you, Erica. Thank you. Well, time suckers. I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Erica. Sometimes I think it's good to humanize topics like this. I think uh, it's harder to hate a person sometimes than it is to hate a word or a concept like transgender. And, and if you'd like to hit Erica up with questions about today's show or, or anything else, just email her at sariisworld at gmail.com. That's S-A-R-Y-I-S-W-O-R-L-D, sariisworld at gmail.com. I'll have her email up in the episode description as well so you can find it there. Uh, or you, you could just choose to learn more about today's topic by reading comments left under transgender YouTube videos. Get some very different perspectives there. Uh, let's check out one of those percep- uh, perspectives with today's Idiots of the Internet. Idiots of the Internet. 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 All right, today's Idiots of the Internet could be called Idiot of the Internet, just singular, uh, because I'm just focusing on one moron and one comment that represents a lot of comments left under videos that deal with being transgender. The comment I picked up today came from a video called Transgender Teen Uh, shares powerful message. It's a heartwarming video about Corey Mason, a 14-year-old girl who was born a boy, a beautiful young teen who you would never guess had once been a boy in a million years just looking at her. Uh, Her mother, Erica Mason of New Baltimore, Michigan, said that Corey had been identifying as a female since she was two years old, and she was bullied so badly in grade school they switched schools after some kid injured her face, pushing her down an ice-covered hill. And recently, this girl, this brave girl, made a video uh, for the Bully Project, a social activist campaign aimed at trying to end transgender bullying. And in this video, young Corey relays her story, staring straight into the camera, telling her tale via flashcards, flashcards that say stuff like, we're not a threat. We are just like any other kids. We only want people to accept and love us for who we are. When I turned 14, I started taking female hormones to start puberty as a girl. The day I took my first dose was the happiest day of my life. I am so happy now. To all kids out there, bullying is never okay. And 90% of the comments under this video that's received a few million views are positive. And then uh, there is human pile of garbage, uh, user Michelle Keyscomb, who chose to type, just this past Saturday, the following words underneath this video. Uh, So, you know, I guess maybe Corey could see them. Michelle types... Like if you agree with me when I say that she kind of deserves to be bullied if she was a boy wanting to be a girl because she is a freaking fag. And then she goes all caps. You are so stupid and your parents are too for letting you be transgender. Lots of exclamation points. Still all caps. Anyone transgender is a freaking idiot and the bullies were smart. So many more exclamation points. Then she goes back lowercase. I'm not saying that I would be one of the bullies because I would probably get sued from the freaking stupid government and her, his, all caps, stupid freaking parents, lots of exclamation points. Back to lowercase. So, or comment, if you agree the what she's believing in is a load of crap. And if anybody comments at all, no matter what it is that they say, I will just consider the comment some other form of agreement. 
back to all caps. So take that, all you stupid faggots, uh, misspelled, that think that is okay to change gender, exclamation points, back to lowercase. Like if you freaking agree with the truth. Oh, and by the way, I have complete proof that this is the truth. Back to all caps for the fucking tirade heading on out. Just read the Bible, exclamation points. God made you who you are. And no matter what you do, what lies you spread, you can't change it. You can't change the truth. You can't change the things that God did to this world. You can't change your freaking gender. So many exclamation points followed by so many frowny face, kind of angry, the little red dude, angry face, I guess, emoticon, uh, followed by uh, a bunch of the little devil emoticons, followed by lowercase, like if you agree. Huh. Huh. I, I wonder if Michelle has ever read the Bible herself. She seems to have missed uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 1, when God said, Judge not, lest ye be judged. Uh, Michelle also seemed to skip over the book of Romans, chapter 2, uh, verse 1. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest dost the same things. Yeah, you condemnest thyselfest. Michellist Kaisakomist, so just shut the fuck upist and stoppeth judginist, some 14-year-old girlist, you fucking shitwagonist. God, I fucking have a hard time tolerating fake Christians. Throwing around biblical verses, left and right, uh, to back up nothing but their own non-Christian judgment and hate. Go fuck yourself, Michelle. I hope you lose your job to someone who's transgender. Uh, if you have a job, which I doubt, uh, and I hope that all, all of your probably, you know, 10 or 13 kids all marry people who are transgender, and then they all abandon you forever, leaving you with nothing but your humble figurines and cat calendars to look at. Christianity is about nothing at all if it's not about forgiveness. And if you don't understand that, uh, Michelle, then this agnostic, borderline, atheist asshole talking right now knows more about the heart of your religion than do you, you fucking idiot. God, what an idiot she is. If you want to believe God hates transsexuals, fuck it. I, go be that person, I guess. Believe in a God who apparently is just as much of an asshole as you are. But don't post your hate on some 14-year-old girl, some kid's anti-bullying video. What the fuck? Look, there's a lot of shit I don't like. A lot of stuff I shit on. I'm shitting on Michelle right now, being very judgmental. You know, but I shit on it and I be judgmental in my own house, not theirs. I shit on Bill O'Reilly. I shit on him earlier in this podcast, but you know, you know what I didn't do? I didn't go to his fucking Facebook page. I didn't find his YouTube videos and shit on him there. That's his place. That's his place to spew whatever old, angry, white man, bigoted nonsense he wants to spew. You know, if he wants to be just a fucking evolutionary leftover, uh, that's fine. He can do that in his space. You know, if I don't like it, I don't have to go read it. You know, and I don't, <laughs> I don't anymore. And if you don't like little Corey's transgender message, then don't fucking watch her videos. What, what, stick to watching videos you like. You know, videos about the coming into the world or how sinners are going to die or how heavy metal leads to satanic worship or whatever other horse shit you're mentally digesting. Or, you know, just keep spewing poorly spelled hate across the internet and just become a recurring guest on Idiots of the Internet. Well, I hope you liked this episode, and, and I do hope we didn't come across as some kind of liberal circle jerk, uh, just like Erica doesn't identify with being a man. I, d I don't identify with being a liberal, actually. It may be hard for some people to believe. Uh, there's Democrats I like, there's Republicans I like, and uh, actually there's a lot of libertarians I seem to like. I might like them the best in some ways, even though some of them are fucking Looney Tunes. But anyway, uh, I, I try not to put uh, any spin on anything, uh, try not to have an agenda other than an agenda of just trying to be honest. I'm just trying to really examine why things bother me why I have certain opinions on things, et cetera, why we think the way we do. 
And, uh, and after that first email from Erica came in, I just realized that my, that my poorly thought out opinions uh, about what transgender meant and maybe about what gender roles themselves were were just fucking wrong, just kind of outdated. You know, I just needed to, uh, I needed to download a new update, go to fucking Cummins version 40.1 or wherever I'm at now. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think this stuff scares us because, you know, A, we like having some kind of social rules out there to define our lives. Uh, even if those ro- roles and rules uh, are completely arbitrarily constructed. And, and, and B, you know, because we're lazy thinkers as humans, uh, often just resistant to change. You know, we just it's easier to think this is a boy, this is a girl, period, uh, case closed, move, moving on. You know, that's much easier than trying to, you know, reimagine gender as existing on a spectrum or continuum instead of being binary. That takes some work. And, you know, a lot of times we just don't want to put it in the work. So that's what I think. That's what I think. Uh, you're going to think what you want. And, uh, and, and, I, and I hope you at least thought today's uh, show was entertaining. And, uh, and we're going to think about it for just a few minutes more with some top five takeaways. Time suck. Top five takeaways. Number one, transgender is defined as of, relating to, or being a person whose gender identity differs from the sex the person had or was identified as having at birth. And it can take on, as we know now, a lot of different forms. Number two, a 2012 study found that 57% of transgender youth who did not have supportive parents attempted to commit suicide in the past year, while just 4% of transgender youth with very supportive parents did. How heavy is that shit? Man, support your kids, parents. They don't need to grow up to be like you. They just need to grow up and be happy. Number three, Bojangles once fucked Michael motherfucking McDonald. Triple M and a couple grizzly bears. Facts. Number four, even though I'm sure young Corey Mason will soon be getting rid of some testicles by posting her inspirational video and refusing to give in to bullies like Michelle, uh, she'll still have more balls than a lot of fucking dudes out there. Number five, some new info, new study shows that 20% of transgender people have served in the military in the U.S., double the percentage of U.S. general population that has served. Man, this study uh, will soon be published in a forthcoming issue of the LGBTQ Public Policy Journal at the Harvard Kennedy School, and I think it's worth bringing up to dispel some myths that transgender people aren't as tough or maybe as traditionally masculine as the rest of us. You know, I myself never served in the military, so at least 20% of transgender people, according to this study, are probably tougher and have done more uh, tangible things to help our country than I have. So if you're a transgender military listener, I fucking double thank you for fighting for freedom in different, uh, different ways. Time suck. Top five takeaways. Well, thanks, suckheads, for listening to another Time Suck, and I hope to see some of you on the road soon. See you in person. I'll be at the Laughing School Comedy Club July 27th through 30th, the Tampa Improv August 3rd through 6th, the Syracuse Funny Bone August 17th through 20th, and the Irvine Improv down in Irvine, California, August 24th through 27. More dates uh, coming up soon. Also, the first ever Time Suck Trivia Night is tomorrow night at Max Line Brewing in Fort Collins, Colorado, Tuesday, July 18th, 7 p.m. Head there for some cool Time Suck prizes being given away and to meet other cool Time Suckers. That's maxlinebrewing.com for more details. And if you want to run a trivia uh, night in your own town, uh, Time Suck Trivia Night, hit me up at admin at timesuckpodcast.com. Or uh, actually hit me up at dan at timesuckpodcast.com. There we go. Dan at timesuckpodcast.com for discounted Timesuck merch to give away. Also, uh, if you haven't already, you can watch my latest special, Don't Wake the Bear, on Amazon Prime, where it streams for free for Prime members. Please check it out. Rate it if you'd be so kind. And and follow the suck on the social media, at timesuckpodcast on Instagram, Twitter, slash timesuckpodcast on Facebook. And, and, and you're going to want to do that if you're uh, uh, interested in the next bonus episode. In order to determine what the next bonus episode's topic is going to be, I'm going to leave it up to you. 
Follow Time Suck on Instagram at at Time Suck Podcast, where I have posted three possible topics for the 800 review bonus suck. Comment with the topic you want to, to have. So should it be, there's going to be three. Should it be Project MK Ultra, secret CIA experiments involving shit like mind control, just crazy conspiracy stuff? Or should it be the Heaven's Gate cult, a cult that ended on March 26, 1997, when police discovered the bodies of 39 members who had participated in a mass suicide in order to reach what they believed was an extraterrestrial spacecraft following Comet Hale-Bopp? Fucking crazy shit. Or should it be the Iceman, Richard Kalinske, a former mafia hitman convicted of killing five men, but who very likely killed dozens more? So you decide. Whoever gets more votes in the next two weeks, and you have to leave the votes on Time Sucks uh, Instagram page, just post a topic you want under the post uh, of these three topics, and, and that topic's going to be the next Time Suck. We'll cut off voting on July 31st, uh, so, so we'll vote for the rest of the month, and then announce uh, on Instagram what the next bonus suck will be. And be sure to listen uh, next week as we suck ourselves into the communist heart of North Korea. Who the fuck is Kim Jong-un? What's he doing over there? What, is he, what has he been doing? What was his dad up to? What is life like for the average North Korean? How did Kim Jong fucking the regime get started in the first place? So many questions. So much suck is going to happen. And until then, be kind to those who have done you no harm. And you know the fucking drill. Keep on sucking. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.